0: to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six-Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony DeFio. And I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday evening in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Can you believe we're in the third week of, of October already? Can you believe it? We're 10 days away from Halloween, about five weeks away from Thanksgiving. It's crazy how fast this time has flown in 2022, and wherever you are in Steeler Nation, like I always say, I hope it's nice and pleasant, and I thank you for joining me, and before I continue with this evening's program, I would ask you guys out there and podcast land to please like and subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show. A few hours earlier, you saw the Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverell and Mark Davison. We have We Run the North with, with uh, Kevin Tate. We have the Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, Shannon White, and yours truly. We have the Scobro show with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. That's on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, we have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. On Thursday, we have the very popular Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave, and Brian. We have post-game stuff. We have all kinds of good stuff. And we, you can catch all of those live shows after the fact on any, any audio platform of your choosing. And of course, you can catch all of our live shows live on Facebook as well. I always forget that part. And we also have a whole host of audio-only podcasts that we'd like you to check out because they're they're great, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, State of the Steelers with... State of the Steelers. We have what Ian's talking about with Kyle Kreiss and his his gang. We have the Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We have uh, 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 the War Room with Maddie. We have the Stat Geek with Dave. We have Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis. We have a whole host of shows and you can find those on any, again, on any audio platform, wherever you find podcasts, you can find our stuff. It's a, it's an ever growing and ever more popular uh, Steelers podcasting family and you will not be sorry. And of course you can check out behind the curtain, the website, we bring you news commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And, uh, I thank you all for joining me again, and let's see what, you ha- what we have in the live chat. First off, we have Sean Manahan, who donates two dollars to the cause. Thank you, Sean, for the two bucks. And he asks, I "Think we can get three and four this week?" I'm going to tease you, Sean, and and uh, say, "Stay tuned." So I'll get I'll get into that in a little bit. But welcome to the show, and let's see what else we have in the live chat on this fine Friday evening. We have Mark Malone, the famous quarterback from the mid-80s, the much maligned Mark Malone, who joins us every Friday night. He's with us tonight. Welcome, Mark. First one in. All right. First time for everything. Mark Malone is the winner of something. All right. We have Jared Devil, who's, once again, bridesmaid. George Teston, but welcome. Anyway, uh, Jared Devil, you're, 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 you're a loyal fan. George Testin's with us. Kyle Johnson, Stacey Lynn. Ryan Jeffords, who says, T Tone, what's up, buddy? Lon Campbell, Daniel Red. Hey, Tony, glad I got to see you live. Wow, I feel like, uh, I feel like Rod Stewart. Thank you, Daniel. Steeler Chick 46, legend. She's with us. The CUDA 70 is with us. All right, you guys are fantastic. And I thank you for joining me again. I think it's the third time I've said that. But what do you, you know, sometimes I lose my train of thought. It is, it is late on a Friday night. So, But let's talk about those Steelers. And wow, I <laughs> sat here a week ago and talked gloom and doom about this team. And, you know, rightfully so, I think. I mean, they lost four games in a row. Um, it didn't look good doing it, especially that last game against the Bills, 38-3. You throw in the mix. For that week, for, for week uh, six, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming to Akershore Stadium. Uh, you also throw into the mix a totally uh, uh, injury riddled secondary, with the exception of Terrell Edmonds. That's right, even Minka was out. <laughs> All the starting corners were out. Uh, they had to put the Marvin Leal on on IR. Pat Frymuth was out. I mean, it was a. Uh, it, It was an ugly, uh, ugly scene uh, the previous week. And Pittsburgh went into that game as a 10 point underdog. I think it was the largest they've ever, they had ever been uh, underdogs at home, certainly in a long time. And that was coming off a week earlier when they were 14 point dogs on the road at Buffalo. So, yeah, things weren't looking up for your Steelers. And yet they somehow, some way, Found a way to beat the uh, Buccaneers, and they led the whole way. I mean, they controlled the game all throughout. It was it was kind of amazing, and and, and all started with the defense. This makeshift defense, missing again the entire secondary minus uh, Edmonds, they 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 uh, kept the Buccaneers in check the entire day. Really, I mean, the the front seven was magnificent. I thought it was it, it, the best game that it played since week one and of course they're still missing they're still missing TJ Watt that defense but they played a marvelous game you know uh Larry Ogunjobi, welcome to the party you know they signed him in the offseason to replace the retired stuff on to it and i don't think anybody expected Ogunjobi to be to it at his at to it's best and most dominant but i think we we expected more from him we, we expected more of what we saw when he played with Cleveland and then last year with Cincinnati. And we just had not seen that from this guy over the first five weeks. He was kind of just there, you know, but he was dealing with an injury, an injury that, that actually cost him a lot of money in the off season. And that's why he was available late in the, in the off season for Pittsburgh to sign. So uh, he was dealing with that during training camp. And, you know, I think it's, it's it's very plausible to say that he was still on the mend from that injury uh, through the first few weeks of the season, and you know how it is when you're when you're injured. Some one day you just kind of start feeling it again. You, you kind of start feeling like yourself again, and maybe maybe uh, he reached that point last week because he was totally dominant, and he was one of the reasons why that defense was so dominant. And uh, if you get a guy like him. Um, dominating at the line of scrimmage like he did against the bucks well that takes the pressure off of cam hayward and we know what kind of pressure he's been under with t.j watt out uh it takes the pressure off of tyson Alualu. It takes the pressure off of alex highsmith the uh the outside linebacker opposite watt and he had another sack on sunday uh he stripped brady of the ball unfortunately the bucks got the ball back but uh but highsmith now leads the nfl with six and a half sacks. So, you know, it, it was a tremendous effort and it was a tremendous effort by the, by the secondary James Pierre made, made a, a play or two Josh Jackson looked good. Um, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm missing some of the names, but they, 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 they were splendid. Um, help me out. Who was, who was the other starter? Wow. I can't believe I, I can't think of the other starter, James Pierre, Josh Jackson, Anyway, it was a great was, and, and Terrell Edmonds. I mean, oh yeah, Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood had had had, had a, a great game, filling in uh, at uh, free safety. But Terrell Edmonds had the game of his life. He really did. Um, ten tackles. He led. He led the team and w- uh, with ten tackles, he made some some uh, fantastic plays. He was a leader. He led. He led that crew, and they certainly needed somebody to lead them. And that was uh, that was uh, Edmonds. And you know, I think fans are finally starting to come around to, to him and, and his, his value to this team. You know, he's never going to be a superstar. He's never going to be that guy, but who, if you want a comparison, you know, he's Ryan Clark. I'm not saying he's on that level, but he's that kind of guy. He's the, he's the Batman to, to make Fitzpatrick's Fitzpatrick's uh, or he's the Robin to make Mickey Fitzpatrick's Batman. And, uh, for whatever reason up until now that just has not been good enough for the fans and the media. And, you know, it's been widely said that the reason why is because he's a first round pick and people expect more out of him. But, you know, it's, it's, it's important to remember that he's also, he was also, regardless of of whether or not he was a reach, but there's no question he was a reach at number 28 back in 2018, he was also a late first-round pick. Even if he wasn't a reach, he's still a late first-round pick. And those guys aren't always superstars. Sometimes they just develop into solid players. And that's what Edmonds has been his entire career here. With the exception of a game or two, he's been totally 100% healthy, durable, consistent. He does a lot of the heavy lifting for them. He, you know, he, he's, you know, we've chronicled people like Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon and those guys. KT Smith, I mean, they t- talk about – how important he's always been with covering the tight end. And we know how much of a bugaboo that's been for their defense over the last decade or so. Uh, so he, he's just done a lot of, lot, lot of heavy lefty. He can play dime. He, he can play in the box. Um, he can cover. He's a great athlete. He's just not a playmaker. And people are used to that with Troy Polamalu and, of course, now Mickey Fitzpatrick. That's what you expect out of a, a, a safety. You, you pick it in the first round. But he, he's just not that guy. He's just a really consistent player, and sometimes that's okay, even for a first-round pick. So kudos to Terrell Edmonds. Uh, Robert Spillane had a good game. I mean, he he uh, he broke up a, at least one pass. I mean, that, that uh, you know forced a punt. Uh, he was all over the place. He was playing safety. He's playing on a slot. He was playing dime linebacker. I mean, the guy was doing everything. He's always in pass coverage. I mean, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if they always want him to be in pass coverage, but he always seems to be in pass coverage. So, uh, uh, kudos to him. And of course, Devin Bush, Devin Bush, uh, may have had the uh, defensive play of the game when he, when he broke up the uh, two point conversion after the, the bucks closed within two points with uh, four thirty eight remaining. Uh, he broke up the, 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 the uh, the pass, I think it was to a tight end or a receipt number 84. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh was able to, uh, to run out the clock and, and, and preserve the win. And what a, what a great effort by Mr. Trubisky late in that game coming in for an injured, uh, Kenny Pickett who, who suffered a concussion in this early in the second half and Trubisky came in and, and, um, you know he looked good the best he's ever looked maybe the best he's ever looked in his entire career but he made some really great passes and you know he um he helped them build a 20 to 12 lead in in the fourth quarter with the, with the uh, touchdown pass to Chase Claypool the first touchdown by a receiver this year for the Steelers if you can believe that and then you know after it was 20 to 18 you know he made the necessary throws to and and runs to close the game out most importantly, I think, uh, on 3rd and 16, after Mason Cole, that you know, the, the, it was 2nd and 2 after the Bucks scored a touchdown. Najee Harris rattles off an 8-yard run. It's 2nd and 2. And Mason Cole's uh, shotgun snap just goes flying by Trubisky. It didn't even fly by him. It kind of rolled past him. He just kind of rolled it back there. And it looked like it was going to be a disaster. And, and the Buccaneers were going to fall on it, deep in Pittsburgh territory. But Trubisky found a way to fall on that ball. But even still, at that point, it's third and 16. It's a two-point game. It's Tom Brady on the other side about to get the ball back. You're not feeling pretty good about things. But he, find, you know, he found uh, Claypool for a, uh, a first down. A few plays later, it's third and 11. He finds Claypool again. He, and, and Claypool makes maybe the best catch of his career, falling backwards and holding onto the ball and rolling out a bounce, um, you know, Trubisky looked fantastic, and and that's what you want out of a veteran backup quarterback. You want him to be able to come in and make those kind of plays. Of course, not all veteran backup quarterbacks are former number two overall picks, so you always knew the pedigree was there and and the talent was there with with Trubisky, but we really hadn't seen much of that this year anyway through three and a half games as a starter for Pittsburgh, but we certainly saw that on uh on Sunday at the end of that game as a, as a as a backup for Pickett coming in so that was great to see and it was great to see uh, Claypool have the game that he did you know um people who are much smarter than me pointed out this week that he was kind of playing the uh tight end role in place of Frymuth that that guy that uh, Pickett and uh, Trubisky were looking for over the middle of the field, and you know he had one of the best games of his career. And uh, maybe that opens up some things for him moving forward. Even when when uh, Fryar Muth comes back, he he practiced. By, by the way, Fryar he missed last week's last week's game with a concussion. He's cleared to play this week, so he'll be back on Sunday. But even with Fryar Muth back in there, hopefully they can continue to carve out uh, a role for. Claypool other than, you know, what we had seen of him over the first five weeks, which wasn't much. So he had a great game. Um, and it was, it was just a great team win all the way around. You know, Steven Sims with the, the what was it, 89-yard kickoff return or 82-yard kickoff return to start the second half, um, put Pittsburgh in, in great field position. Unfortunately, they couldn't parlay it into a touchdown, but it was still a big play, and it led to a field goal in a two-point game that was huge. And he later had a, a, a what, a 24-yard uh, punt return. So it was a great day for him. Of course, unfortunately, he's out this for this Sunday night's game against the Dolphins. Um, uh, so, you know, it's going to be back to Gunnar Olszewski as your uh, return man. So, you know, he can certainly use a redemptive night. So maybe we'll see that from him. Uh, against the Dolphins Uh, but it was it was a great great contribution by by Sims again it's a great all-around team effort so um, Pittsburgh was able to keep its season alive not that you know it would have been officially eliminated with a loss but certainly dropping to one and five I mean you're you're you're, the prospects of of having any kind of a chance at even contending for the playoffs at that point uh, I think would have been out the window but now a two and four, and only a game out of uh, first place in the AFC North. Believe it or not, they still have somewhat of a shot. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they have to. They should do whatever it takes to, to you know, win at all costs. Uh, you know, Shannon mentioned this the other day, and it was a great point. Uh, you want to see them still try to go for it and, and win as many games as they can and remain in contention and uh get a playoff spot or even a division championship if possible. But you don't want to do it um you know in, in, in the sacrifice of uh of um hindering young you know your development of, of some of your younger players namely Kenny Pickett you know so he suffered uh you know again he suffered a concussion against the uh the Bucks but he was cleared to play uh this week. You know, he was cleared to practice by Wednesday, which he was the the quickest player to to be cleared to practice after a concussion so far in 2022. So um that's a that's good news. Um there's a lot of a, a lot of um controversy around that because of the new emphasis on on concussions this year with what happened with Tua a few weeks earlier. Um mm-hmm. Suffering back-to-back concussions in that very scary scene in Cincinnati, and you know we know all about that kind of thing with what happened to Ryan Shazier in Cincinnati in a prime-time game back in 2017. So it was a very scary thing, and for for Tua to to, to, to go through that, and, and that put the spotlight back on the NFL and its problems with con- concussions over the years. So there's controversy with that, with Pickett being cleared to play, um, and unless something happens between now and Sunday night starting um, against the Dolphins a week after suffering a, a concussion. But, you know, I realize why people are, are worried about it. Cause I am too, believe me. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, all right, go out there and, and, and sacrifice your health for my, for my entertainment. No, I want, I want these guys to be healthy. I want the NFL to stick around and I was worried about it, about it it's a it's long-term existence back in, you know, the early 2010s when, when the uh, concussion problem really went under under the spotlight, you know? So, you know, believe me, I want these players to be healthy, but my thing is the NFL now has a, a protocol in place for concussions. So, you know, if you have independent neurologists examining these players and, you know, they're determining whether or not these players are, are, are okay to, to, to um, resume activity and start playing again. You know, if they say that a player is cleared, then shouldn't that be it? I mean, shouldn't that be, would you have to go by for now? I mean, you know, it's either a player is cleared and ready to, and ready to play again, or he's not. And if he is, then then, you know, I think you have to trust your your doctors. I mean, if 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 you're worried about about uh, you know him suffering a, a concussion again one week after after having his first, I mean, is there you know what does the science say? I don't know, but but if a player is cleared, then then he should he should be allowed to play you know now if the nfl wants to change its protocol and and mandate that these that a player who suffers a concussion must sit out a predetermined amount of time well that's a different story but we're not there yet and all the steelers can do right now is follow the protocol that the nfl has in place right now and right now Kenny Pickett has been cleared to play so i think he should play um you know Two uh, of two, us uh, sat out uh, a few weeks, but that was a different circumstance. I mean, that was ugly, and he had, you know, two concussions in a row, and, um, you know, they were being overly cautious with him. But, you know, other athletes have suffered concussions and have come back in a week and have been fine. So, you know, I think, you know, Pittsburgh's doing the right thing by allowing Pickett to play in this game, you know. So I'm 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 happy with it, and I think that's how it should be. As far as as far as uh, um, Pickett uh, being pulled for performance reasons, and ha- having Trubisky back in there again because he played so well at the end of that game, I don't think you want to go down that road either. Not that now that you have Pickett in there, and now that he's your he's your he's your starter, and you know he's your future franchise quarterback. Or at least you want him to be that. I don't think you you, you should be putting him in and yanking him out, or or or, or any or whoever you, you decide to to designate as your starter, He should stay in there for the long haul because you don't want to be you know having this quarterback carousel. I think that's one thing that coming into the twenty twenty two, I was hoping they would avoid. So I'm kind of glad in on, on a, in a different way. In addition to Pickett being healthy from his concussion, I'm glad that, that Thomas is sticking with him, even though he didn't play his best game last Sunday against the Buccaneers. He's, he's still young. He's still learning. You gotta let, you gotta let him, him, you know, learn on the job, so to speak. You have to, le- have to let him go through his growing pains and struggle and figure things out. You can't be putting him in, taking him out, putting him in, taking him out. That's just not good. So I'm glad that Pickett's playing for, for, A multitude of reasons, namely the fact that I know he's healthy because the the doctors cleared him. And number two, Tomlin is sticking with his young quarterback, um, even though he hasn't been playing his best since that Jets game. So that's my second thing I want to talk about. And before I continue, I want to pause for a few seconds and allow you to hear from our sponsors. And welcome back to Steelers Six Pack with your host, Tony Defeo. I thank you for joining me. I, I thank you for being here with me. And Sean Manahan donates another two bucks and he asks, and thank you for the two dollars again, Sean. Or he says, his statement is, issue was to it was a, they called a back injury, not head injury. That's right. That, that was the problem. Is they diagnosed him with a with a back injury initially against the the Bills when they upset the Bills in week three, and turns out it was, it was a, con- a concussion. And you know he suffered another one the following week, and just actually just four days later that, that was another issue. That the his trim, his very scary that very scary scene in Cincinnati occurred, what five days later, four days later. So I mean it was just a. It was just a a, a PR nightmare and a, and a and a health nightmare for the NFL, but I think that the Pickett situation is different. You can't, again, as long as the, the the protocol is what it is right now, then you can't blame the Steelers for putting, uh, for for allowing Pickett to start this game against the Dolphins. You know now, you know maybe maybe they'll have a last second change of heart and and hold him out for another week. But again, is that another week matter if if a players you know does that make you healthier <laughs> you know does that make the brain healthier I, I don't know I'm not a, obviously not a doctor so but as of now Kenny Pickett is slated to start all right about Sunday's game to answer Sean's uh, initial super chat from earlier yes I do think they, they can go to three and four and believe it or not, I even though I've been very critical of them this year, I have this feeling, I don't know, I can't really quite explain it. I have a feeling that they're gonna win this game. It just feels like the kind of game that Pittsburgh wins more often than not, you know, they they, they knocked off the the bucks to the amazement of everybody. And now they're going to Miami in a primetime game, Sunday night football. And uh, it kind of reminds me of that Chargers game uh, back in 2019 uh, when I went to L.A. to play them when they were still playing in that little soccer stadium on Sunday night football. It was with Devlin Hodges, Duck Hodges as their quarterback. They were 1-4 at that time. And uh, Mason, speaking of concussions, Mason Rudolph missed that game um, because he had a concussion against the Ravens. So Hodges filled in. And it, it kind of feels like that it's going to be that kind of a night. Um, by most accounts, there are a lot, of, a lot of Pittsburgh fans will be there. A lot of Steeler fans will be in attendance in Miami. They said it, they said there were a lot of Bills fans there when, when the Bills were there a few weeks ago. It seems to be that kind of a stadium now with the Dolphins struggling a lot in recent years. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium, uh, where the Dolphins play, is kind of kind of gets taken over by by road by ravenous uh, visiting fans, and certainly we know that certainly describes Steelers fans. So I expect it to be at least a split as far as the attendance, and maybe even uh, a home game for the Steelers. And it's going to be at night, so you know it won't be ninety five degrees like it's been. They said like 126 degrees uh, at one point when when the Dolphins and Vikings played the other day or last week. So, I, I just have a feeling, and you know, uh, the, the Dolphins, their defense isn't the greatest. It's it's ranked 23rd. Their secondary is kind of beat up. Um, they're having issues on, on the offensive line. Uh, they have a couple of guys questionable. Um, so I think maybe this, this finally might be the 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 game that the offense. Breaks out. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine, because I don't even know what that would look like right now, what a a a, a, a potent offensive ta- attack would look like for your 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, it has to happen sometimes, so why not sa- Sunday night? Um, if you want to draw some parallels from the past, uh, Kenny Pickett is playing the Dolphins in Miami on a Sunday night, which is where Ben Roethlisberger started his first game and won his first game back in 2004. Uh, It was also on a Sunday night, thanks to a hurricane. Now I I realize Pickett, he he already has one official win as a starter because he, he was the starting quarterback against the Bucks, So he got credit for that win. So it it wouldn't be Pickett's first uh, career victory. If he were to win this game, If if Pittsburgh were to win this game, but it, it would certainly feel like it if he would finish the game, you know, with Pittsburgh winning the game, it would fe- it would feel like it, it it was Pickett's first win as a starter. So you have that. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because you know we saw how how well the uh, Dolphins played with Tua in there over the first three weeks. I mean, they were three and zero. They beat up the Patriots. They stormed back to beat the Ravens. I think they were went down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Came all the way back. And 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 beat them in Baltimore, uh, knocked off the Bills in Miami. So I mean, this is a good team. And uh, Tyree Kill is just it's just on another planet right now the way he's playing. I mean, he's just, what he has what fifty receptions already for over seven hundred yards. I mean, he's just in, almost impossible to to defend. He's certainly the best deep threat in the NFL. He's probably the best weapon right now in the NFL. Then you have Jalen Waddle, who was a high draft pick on the other side. He has uh, what thirty plus catches, over five hundred yards already. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a tough task. And you have the Keller Witherspoon. He's probably going to. He's listed as doubtful uh, for Sunday, so he's going to miss another game. So you're going to need somebody to, again to step up in that secondary to to to. uh cover these guys uh these these awesome receivers but you know if you're expecting them to be able to sit back there and cover these guys it, it's not going to happen what, what you need is what you saw last week with tom brady uh and that's you, you need the, the front seven to to be dominant and again the offensive line is is, is injury is in, injury injured so you need to be able to, to get after to And of course he's obviously more mobile than brady so it's not going to be as easy uh to to get after him but you still have to d- disrupt him you have to make him uncomfortable you have to force him into making some mistakes and uh coming up with some turnovers and, and that's how you win this game so it just feels to me like this is the kind of game that, that they normally win you know it, it just it you know after beating the bucks the way they did now you're feeling good about them again and you're coming up on the bye after the Eagles game. So um, for them to lose this game, it would be their fifth AFC loss. And, and that would be, you know, forget about the two and five, that's bad enough, but you, they'd be one and five in the end, in the AFC, which, you know, unless you have another tie thrown in there, that's going to be a killer for you uh, come the end of the year. If you do find a way to to rebound and and, and get back into the race, If it comes down to a tiebreaker, you know, I mean, how many AFC losses are you going to have when it's all said and done? So to have five after seven games, that would be tough to come back from. So that's one reason why I I just don't feel like, it just feels like they're they're going to find a way to win this game. It doesn't, I'm not, it's not wishful thinking on my part. I've just watched a lot of sports over the last 40 plus years. And I've seen a lot of Steeler games. And traditionally this is just that kind of game that they win, you know, because, you know, if you're going to get back in the race, whether it's the divisional race or the just the playoff race overall, you're going to have to start stacking some wins sooner or later. You can't just win a game and then lose one or two and then win a game. Eventually, you're going to have to put a streak together. So, you know, why not two in a row uh, in Miami? And then we'll take we'll, – we'll worry about Philadelphia then. So – uh to answer Sean's question again, yes, I I do think they can, they can be three and four. I I think the, the, it doesn't feel as daunting a task as it did going into Buffalo two weeks ago, or even against the Bucks. who, who knows, they may be overrated by this point. We might be uh, looking at them and, and uh, it, it might just be about Brady's mystique. That's why they're they were a 10 point favorite to begin with, and maybe they didn't deserve to be a 10 point favorite because they really have not looked that good this year, certainly on offense, but still though, they, 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 it was a shocker that they won. So Miami doesn't feel like that kind of a, uh, of an opponent at this point, you know, it could, I, we could be wrong. They, they could, they could uh, totally blow Pittsburgh's doors off and, and uh, you know, themselves back on on the map again with Tua as a full time starter again for them, but it, it just doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like like Pittsburgh's going to find a way to pull this game out and imp- improve to three and four. And you know, depending on what what happens elsewhere in the AFC North, they'll still be in the mix for the division title. They'll still have four games to go in the division, and you know, they'll still have ten games to play overall. So. I think it's, I think it's vital that they win this game. I think it's the most important game of the year, and I think they're going to come through. so so that answers, answers your question here, Sean. All right, on that note, I think I will close the show out by answering some questions and highlighting some comments from the live chat. And I'm not surprised that the first thing that pops up is trade talk, and it is from Tom fellagio from youtube it says they're saying the steelers might trade mason of washington for some cornerback have you heard anything on that i have not i haven't heard a thing about that uh you know i don't know if they want to risk trading their third string quarterback when when they have uh issues with their starter as far as uh concussions because you know they can that can that can pile up on you pretty quick i mean last week if if uh Rudolph was, uh, he was inactive for that game and the emergency quarterback behind Trubisky was Zach Gentry. So imagine that, uh, I haven't heard anything about, I've, I've heard, you know, it's, it's, it's natural with, the, with the trade deadline coming up and with trades much more prevalent now than ever in the NFL, it's natural to hear these kind of rumors. Uh, but we've, you know, we've been hearing this about Rudolph since the summer. And nothing substantial has has really been reported by anybody. Uh, Of course, you're hearing the rumors about Chase Claypool. Um, They've been out there all week with with the Packers, uh, quote-unquote, aggressively uh, pursuing Claypool, whatever that means, I don't know. I mean, does it mean they're offering multiple second-round picks? Probably not. Does it mean they're calling Omar Khan every hour? Maybe that's what they mean. But maybe they're calling every hour and offering a a six-round pick. I don't know. Now, I think people have to remember, I've heard more than one actual real journalist make this mistake on the radio this week. People have to remember, Claypool was not in his his final year of his rookie deal. He is one more year after this. So if you're going to trade the guy, why not wait till after the year and trade him in the offseason? People say, oh, his stock might be higher now than ever. Yeah, maybe, but you know people tend to to um they, they, they tend to uh uh forget things in, 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 in the in the off season and and if if more than one team is going after a player or if they need help at a particular position, then that drives the value up of, of a of a player even if he had a subpar previous season. So you know, I would keep him for now. Um, you know, after after Johnson and Pickens, there really isn't much there at receiver for them. You know, Calvin Austin, we had no idea about this guy, the fourth round pick uh, in, in, in the past draft. We didn't see him much in training camp. We didn't see him in the, in the preseason. He's still not uh, active. I mean for all we know, he might be the new says says Quez Golson. <laughs> the guy has yet to do anything. so I mean that's your you know if if you get rid of Claypool, I mean you know that's that's a you're down to two receivers, really. I mean Miles Boykin's just a guy. you know it's really really all he is. Steven Sims is having injury issues. uh he got hurt against the bills. he's hurt again. So, you know, then you have gutter Olszewski, who's obviously no bargain. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you trade Claypool, uh, fine, you, you might be able to get a second or third round pick for him for next year, but you're really hamstringing your your offense. Not that it's – obviously it's, it's hamstrung enough as it is, and is. You're taking a weapon away from your young quarterback if you trade him away. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm always inclined to keep the player – once the season starts and, you know, provided they're still in the race, which they are, then I'm always about keeping the player. I mean, I don't really care about draft picks for the future. I know a lot of fans are enamored with that stuff. I really don't care as much as other people do about draft picks because, you know, Chase Claypool was a second round pick. And now here he is in his third season and people want him gone. So, you know, you know, it's nice to say second round pick, but, you know, that pick is eventually going to turn into a player and we don't know what kind of player that player is going to be. You know, he might be somebody you want you want gone in two or three years. So, Here's one from the Cuda70 who says uh, about the Steelers' return game with uh, Steven Sims out this week. They should put Benny Snow in for kick, kickoffs. He is the backup at game time. I don't know. I really, he hasn't really had much of a career in that regard, but maybe he won't, uh, you know, I kickoffs aren't really that big of a deal because, you know, most of them end in touchbacks. Punt returns are much different. And I don't know anybody else other than Calvin Austin who could return punts for them. So I guess Gunner is going to be it this week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he, uh, he he has gotten over his uh, ball control issues. Let's see what else we have here. Let's, let's go on down the line. There's another from Tom Valagio, and he says, I'm pretty sure the Dolphins are going to try to go long like Buffalo did against the Steelers with Hill and Waddle. Hopefully, the, the Steelers will be ready. Well, again, uh, a lot of that's going to have going to to depend on them getting after Tua and, 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 and pressuring him like they did Tom Brady last week. If you remember that Bills game, they put zero pressure on the guy they, they hit him once one one quarterback hit the entire day that's not going to get it done so if if uh believe believe you me if if Tua has that kind of protection this week he's going to light the Steelers up because you know Hill and Waddle I mean having one of those guys is bad enough having two of them yikes so yeah you you're, you're going to have to be able to put pressure on 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 and, Tua and force him into mistakes. And that's where people like Mickey Fitzpatrick, who's returning this week. That's where he's he comes into play. You know, he has to be he has to be the, the you know that, you know, that thorn in the side that you don't know where he is, you don't know where he's coming from, you don't you don't know what he's gonna do on, on any given play. So they're gonna have to make life tough and confusing for Tua. He's a young quarterback. He hasn't really established himself yet. He's coming back from from being off for a few weeks, you know. You, you gotta you gotta uh, make life tough for him. And this one from George Teston. So, did Pickin, Pickett actually have a concussion? He was diagnosed with one. That's all we know. He was diagnosed with one. I don't know. You know, I don't know if, if they were diagnosing with that as a precaution. Cause, you know, because he did hit his head when he when he when he fell backwards. You know, when he when he was hit. But he was officially diagnosed with it, so that's all we that's all we can go by. Uh, but uh, you know, if the doctor said he was cleared to play uh, practice in a few days, that's all we, all we can go by. And they're going to continue to monitor him and and see how he reacts to eg- exertion and, and 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 running around. And and you know, um, sometimes players they develop symptoms a day or two later. Uh, they, they feel fine, and then a day or two later, they're they're you know they have headaches or or they're nauseous or whatever. So, you know, that's why it's so, you know, I, I expect him to play, but it wouldn't shock me if something happens by Sunday night where they decide to sit him down. All right, let's see what else we have here. This is one, another one from a uh, follow-up on the, on the previous statement. This is from Davin Eugene Douglas, who says, two have suffered a, a misdiagnosis on his first one, then going a second concussion, I hate the comparison to Kenny Pickett. they should already have the concussion proof helmet from the woodpecker studies from back in the 2010s. i'm not sure about that study but but you are right uh davin you know it's it's not you know it's not not everything's comparable you know uh, Tua was misdiagnosed and then you know he suffered another scary uh injury uh head head injury a few days later whereas pickett you know suffered a concussion officially and he went through the uh the protocol and he was cleared and as far as we know he's still cleared you know so it's not it's not it's not a a apples to apples comparison and you know people are trying to make it into that because of what happened to two and i get it i get it i mean it was a very scary thing to see him lying on the field with, you know, his, his his fingers were, you know, he had no control over, over his, his faculties. And it was, you know, he blacked out. So it was, I get why people are, 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 are uh, concerned. But again, if you're either, you're either deemed ready to play or you're not. And if he is ready to play, or if he is cleared, then, then, you know, what other, what else can you do other than just hold them out just for, for the optics of it, just for the PR of it, you know, you know, I don't know if, if, if that's the, uh, if that would even, even make, make things better other than it would just, you know, it would be a, a, a PR move. So. And uh this is another one from this is one from Myra, my mine my I can't talk tonight. Myra Jane and Bert. Unfortunately, it's football, these men sign up for it. If you clear protocol, you play. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough sport. It's always gonna be a tough sport. That's why I laugh at, at, at a lot of these fans, like these almost bloodlust, bloodthirsty fans who 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 complain about it being flag football. Like it's not flag football. You watch these games and and these athletes are big, bigger, faster, and stronger than they've ever been, and these these hits that they that they take out there are real, and 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 they're they're devastating, and even clean hits are are, are can do can do damage. So, you know, the NFL is doing I think it's done a, a great job over the last 12, 13 years in trying to clean some of this stuff up, trying to eliminate uh, headshots, trying to eliminate a lot of these kill shots, but there's only so much you can do. I think it was illustrated in the movie concussion. I mean, yeah, you have a helmet, but you know, the brain kind of moves around. So, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, I think the mistake that the league made for decades was they didn't, they didn't take head injuries seriously, you know, You know, they would always, oh, he just got his bell rung. Uh, He's got his bell rung. He'll be okay. At least it wasn't a knee injury. You know, I used to think those kind of things when I was a kid because that's all I, I I was just go I was just going by what society said about concussions. It wasn't that big of a deal. Well, now we know it is a big deal. And I think the great, the one thing that these, and I've said this before, the one thing these players have going for them now compared to 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago is they know what they're getting into. They know the risks. They know what they're signing up for. Um, and you know, they, they're, they're, there, there are protocols in place that treat head injuries much more seriously than they ever did. And, you know, it's a, it's a high profile injury. Now I think it used to be considered a minor injury. Nobody really, you know, thought of as a big deal when now is, you know, it is considered one of the more serious injuries a player can suffer. So, you know, moving forward. You're probably not going to be able to prevent concussions. There's only so much you can do with that. You might be able to prevent more than you did in the past, but you're definitely going to, there, there, there's now a mechanism in place to, to make sure these guys uh, sit out until they are fully healthy and and, 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 clear to play. Whereas in the past, you didn't have that. These, everybody was out there working blindly. At least the players and coaches were, I'm not convinced that the doctor, I think the movie concussion kind of uh, let us in on the little secret that the doctors knew what was up a lot long before anybody else did. So, you know, it is a tough sport. It's always going to be a tough sport. And all they can do now is, is, uh, is utilize the information that they have and, and, um, and protect themselves as much as they can. But, you know, it's always going to be a a game that where head injuries uh, take place. I'm sorry, I missed one. Here, here's one from Brian Brown who asks, "Do you think Mooth's return will cause Claypool to fade?" That's 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 a good question because, as I mentioned earlier in the show, he seemed to be playing the tight end role um, on Sunday, and now with a fired back in there, um, yeah, he might he might go back to his old role and it, it, it might he might kind of fade back into the background. I hope not because I think we we saw on. On uh, last Sunday, what, what kind of a a, a a tremendous weapon this guy can be? And, you know, we saw it a lot in 2020. You know, I mean, it's, it's up to Matt Canada. If you have a Fryar Muth and you have a, a Claypool, you have these two big studs who, you know, you got one who's a, tr- who's a tr- traditional tight end and one's just a really big wide receiver. You know, it's up to you to find a way to utilize both of them, you know? So hopefully Canada, you know, saw, hey, look, it's, you know, I forgot how much of a weapon this guy can be. And yes, Friday muth is coming back, but we still have to find a way to utilize this guy. uh, His strengths and not just kind of uh, pigeonhole him into a role that maybe, that maybe kind of uh, 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 neutralizes what he can do well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully not. All right. On that note, I think I'm going to call it a night. It's uh, 9.50. It was a fun show. Uh, remember to keep checking back to Behind the store Curtain, the website all weekend, and keep checking back uh, to our podcasting channel, both on YouTube and on Facebook and our uh, audio platform. So um, I will talk to you on, uh, on Monday on, on the Hangover with Brian and Shannon White. Enjoy that game on Sunday, and as I always say, Time Go